They have stories, characters, ideas, plots, scenarios, buzzing around in their brains. Just want to share those stories with the world. Welcome to the Diamonds and Gold Dust podcast. This podcast is for the over 60s living in the moment. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about book writing with book writing coach Karen Ince. Karen is a public speaker, a playwright, and a book writing coach. I've known Karen for many years, and she's certainly also an excellent mentor. And it's with great pleasure that I can introduce you to Karen today. And she, I'm sure she's going to give you some great ideas and tips and an outline of what to do if you want to start writing your book. So without further ado, I'd love to introduce you to Karen. Hi, Karen. How are you today? Hi, Stuart. I'm doing really well. Thank you. Great. That's fantastic to have you on. It's such a thrill. I'm so looking forward to this podcast and to listen to what you've been up to and talking to the audience about different types of book writing that they could possibly do. Straight into it, then. Tell us about what you do and how you come to do what you do. Okay. I'm an author coach. So I use my coaching skills specifically to help people go from idea to I did it. I want to write a book to here's a book I wrote. And there's so much involved in that. And there are so many different types of books as well. How I got into it is a bit of a, it's brought together several strands of my life, I guess. I've always had a passion for writing since I was a child. I won some writing contests when I was at junior school. Um, I always wanted to to write. I was a massive reader. If anybody ever wanted to find me, they would find me curled up quietly somewhere with a book. That's what, you know. Um, So I always thought I would be a novelist. That was my ambition as a child, because that's kind of the writing that I knew about. And then I fell in, accidentally fell into playwriting, which is just an absolute joy. And I am a published and performed playwright. So that's kind of quite nice. Something I like to just throw in the mix. Um, In the early 90s, I undertook a course in learning to be a proofreader and copy editor because I thought that that would be something I could freelance from home. Didn't quite work out that way, but I learned a lot of useful skills that I then continued to apply in other areas. So we've got the writing, we've got the editing. Then I changed to teach English as a foreign language, and that gave me a whole other layer of insight into the language and how it works, the way people use it, and how it compares to other languages. Also, I trained as a psychotherapist, so I have those interpersonal skills. And although I then chose not to tra- not to practice as a therapist, but I did start coaching. And I took, I've actually done three different life coaching training qualifications because um, I'm a bit of a glutton for learning. Um, so by bringing together the, the skills of understanding language, of editing, so helping people to develop their own writing. So a lot of people think editors are just there to check the spelling mistakes, you know, get your punctuation right. And one 
type of editing, copy editing, is very much about that. But there are other types of editing, like developmental editing, line editing, where it really is working with the author to help them to develop their writing and for their finished book or report or whatever they're writing, just to be better than it would have been without that support. So bringing together my own love of writing, my coaching qualifications, my love of the language and my editing skills, it kind of just makes sense for me to start supporting authors as an author coach. And over the last few years, I've moved further and further in that direction. So I'm kind of leaving most of the other things, not leaving them behind, but using them in that in that way, using them to really support authors rather than in a more detached way of, you know, you write it, I'll edit it, but it's more like I want to walk that walk with you, but I hold your hand and and, and let's do this together. Um, and I love working one-to-one with authors and really doing mm. that journey with them. It's like, it's great. But also, I'm aware that my time is limited. <laughs> There's only so many people I can work with on that basis. But also, you know, my time is, I have to charge for it. So not everybody can necessarily afford that much input from me. So I'm just about to launch some standalone courses that so they will be self-study. Um, and also a program which is going to be, it's going to have some interactive elements, but it's not as intensely interactive as if you do a one-to-one contract with me. So I'm expanding the ways in which I can support writers, which is really exciting. I'm excited about it. Wow, that it, it sounds really exciting. <laughs> and yeah, really interesting because when you talk to people, have you got a book in you? Do you want to write a book? And so I might think I might write, write, want to write a book, but didn't realize before you just started to explain and talk about it, how many different types of, there's so many different types of writing, editing means so much more. And I was really interested that there's a psychotherapy side to the writing. So I just wondered if we could kind of just go into a little bit more about what might be the different types of book or different types of book that people might want to look at. Uh, what the different types of authors and, and and what people might get out of, and and maybe how the how that can uh, for somebody wanting to explore the adventure of writing, you know, how that can uh, help them in terms of their mental health, perhaps. Okay, gosh, <laughs> that's three big questions there. We can <laughs> that's another take anyone in any order. Okay. So let's talk about the different types of books. So generally speaking, there are two types of books. There's fiction and non-fiction. That's the biggest kind of split, if you like. I would say, on the whole, people who write fiction are just people who love fiction. They have stories, characters, ideas, plots, scenarios buzzing around in their brain, and they just want to share those stories with the world. And it's like a... It's like a burning inside to get that out and, and, you know, share these fictional, these made up stories. On the non-fiction side, that's, again, I'm going to subdivide that now. So there's the, 
the kind of the subject specific or topic specific type of non-fiction, which you might start, start imagining school textbooks, for example. Um, and school textbooks are clearly a, 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 an important part of non-fiction writing because what it's doing is it's taking inf useful information and presenting it in a way that it's easy for students to follow, do the exercises, learn something, you know, whatever. But also, I would say business books. You know, there are so many people who know something amazing in their in their business life, in their professional life, and there are so many different ways of sharing that in a business book. The other half of non-fiction writing is when people write about their lives. So if you're a celebrity, people will be queuing up to write your life story. That's a biography because it's writing about somebody else. But you can write your own life story, which is an autobiography or a memoir. There's a bit of a difference between autobiography and memoir. But that kind of writing, anybody can do. And you can do it just for your own satisfaction. And that's the kind of writing that's often really good for mental health reasons. So it can be quite cathartic. So if, for example, you've experienced difficult times, you've had some sort of trauma, you've experienced really challenging times, writing about it can have two purposes. One, it can be inspirational for other people, uh, you know, when they read it. But long before it gets into the hands of somebody else to inspire them, it's cathartic for yourself. And by writing it out, you start to put bits together. You might make some, some associations that have previously you hadn't realised. And you go, oh, but that actually... It's because of this, or it was the, that thing that happened was actually the reason why I then went on and did that. Or, you know, so it can be a really interesting process for the writer, even if they never share it with anybody else. And what does it need? Pen and paper or a computer? Like, <laughs> you don't need, you don't need to invest in anything necessarily. Obviously, if you then decide you want to publish it, and I've helped a few people with their memoirs, um, it does need to be thought about, it needs to be structured, it needs to be polished, it needs to be presented in a way that other people will enjoy. I've recently helped a client who's in his 80s. His early years were um, during the Second World War, you know, and he remembers the blitz. So there's a massive amount of social history. It's not just his personal history. There's some social history in there. But he's just got a really lovely way of telling these anecdotes, the, the scrapes he got into as a child growing up. Um, and it's really humorous book. It's not doom and gloom at all. Like He thought the Blitz was quite exciting. So there's all kinds of ways in which just your own life story can be a really good thing to write about. Just for yourself, it can be a legacy for your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren who can read it. Yeah, just as I said, as a cathartic process. The, on the business book side, that can also be a legacy as well, particularly when we're talking about 
people who've been in their profession for a long time or people who've run a business for a long time. They've got a lot of business knowledge. And the world has changed, but your business knowledge, your professional knowledge, your expertise is still relevant. You know, it's easy to think, well, younger people might not be interested in in what I know because it's no longer relevant. Because I learned my trade in the you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, pre-internet, pre-this, no technology, blah, blah. But actually, you know, it's still important. And those roots of knowledge and how you manage change, how you manage to adapt, the changes in your profession, the new skills you've learned, all of those things are really relevant. And I, I hear people go, yeah, but, you know, let's say somebody's, um, I don't know, let's say somebody's an accountant and they're like, yeah, but, you know, there's thousands of books about accountancy. But, yes, they're not your books. You know, we're all individuals. We're all unique. We know we're unique. Scientifically, it's been proven we're unique. (laughs) We have unique DNA, fingerprints, retinas. Our ear print is different. Our physical voice is different. You may have the same qualifications as hundreds of other people in your profession, right? But they don't have your particular set of professional expertise. They will not have had your clients. They'll have had their clients, right? They won't have your worldview. Nobody else has got your unique mix of, you know, social, cultural, background, worldview, life experiences, professional experience. If you put all of those, like nobody else in the world has the exact same mix as you. So your way of describing things, your way of explaining, of showing is going to be unique for that reason. So your book is going to be unique. Your book is going to add something that nobody else can share because you are unique. So I think everybody can write a book. And I don't think that we worry about competition and what other people have written and all the rest of it. It's like, no, what we need to do, why do your clients choose to work with you and not somebody else who does a similar thing to you? It's because it's your unique mix of personality and experience and the thing that you specialise in and, you know, all of that stuff that makes you different. And it's the same with the book. So why not write your business book? (laughs) That's amazing. One of the things also over over the centuries, over history, is passing on information and information gets lost in diamonds and gold dust if we can get people to pass on their knowledge or reflect on their memoirs reflect on their professional lives as a unique perspective on on their world all that wisdom gets captured we can leave that legacy to the people who come behind us whether that's our family whether that's our peers or or younger colleagues you know or the next generation of people or three generations time when they're looking for something new and then they go oh but there's that old thing we can just reinvent that so how it made me feel being a professional having a professional career you know the unique perspective being an rics surveyor 
there's hundreds of other RICS surveyors and you can get into the mindset that you know you come up to a certain standard and you're all kind of the same and what people get is a RICS surveyor but you know when you mentioned about well it's from my particular perspective my different clients etc and and one of the things that uh I think I felt that might come out of that if I was to look at it is maybe discovering the transferable skills as well what is it in my career that I can now pivot and use that experience for something new yeah and so I don't I think that's kind of like me so my unique mix of skills that I bring to being an author coach is I trained as a psychotherapist and a life coach I trained as an editor I trained to teach English as a foreign language and I'm a published writer, you know, and there will be other people out there who, you know, coach authors, and they might have some or all of that, but even if they have exactly all the same, they're not going to have applied it in the same way. They're not going to have had the same experiences, and they don't come from my socioeconomic, cultural background. So the worldview through which they see their, the lens through which they see their experience and their knowledge and their skills and their qualifications is different to the lens through which I see mine. You know, because we are all unique. I'm going to keep going on about this. We are all unique. And I think that's very encouraging. It's a very good point to remember that sometimes we don't feel that we're good enough. We Mm -hmm. feel we're less than, but actually, as you say, we're all different. We're not, all different. Not more or less. Exactly. Think, you know. Yeah. So, Karen, tell us a bit more of this exciting news about the course and the programme that you've got coming up. Right. Well, so the courses and the programme that I'm about to launch are all aimed at people who want to write their business book. Now, their business book could be how to. So it could be how to for complete beginners, you know. Let's say I'm a florist and I want to just share some tips on people who want to do better flower arranging at home, right? Or it might be how to set up and run a successful floristry business. You know, I might have been around the business for so long that now I want to teach other business people. I don't want to teach beginner flower arrangers. I want to teach other business people how to be better in their business. Um, you know, or I might be wanting to talk more theoretically about like, the, the history and the background and theory of, you know, the theory of floristry. Why do we all love flowers so much? <laughs> Why does everybody want cut flowers in their hands? What is it about the symmetry or asymmetry of an arrangement that makes it more or less attractive? What colours, you know, talk about colour theory and how colours work together or... So even within that one branch of I'm a florist and I want to write a business book, the type of business book that I might want to write can be like immensely different. So I've chosen to really focus my energies on helping people to write their business book. And so I have, um, I currently have a free uh, kind of little how-to guide on how to plan your business book 
which is I just give away to people just to help them get started. And then I've developed a series of courses, which so one is a much more expanded version of that book, um, and it's uh, about how to successfully plan your business book. And that's not just how to plan the content, but it's what are you doing about marketing? What's your time scale for it? When are you going to launch it? How are you going to publish it? You know, are you self-publishing? Are you looking for a deal? So pretty much everything you need to know that you don't currently know about writing and publishing your book. And then the other ones are more sort of, uh, so there's one about how to develop the uniqueness of your author voice, which is what I was talking about earlier. Um, and it looks at a number of kind of headings of different elements of style and language that we use. Um, and then another one about how to be better at self-editing. So I always recommend people should use an editor at least once in the process, because when we're writing, we get too close to our own writing and we see what we think is there and we don't necessarily see what's really there and we don't necessarily spot some of the weaknesses in our own writing but there's a lot you can learn to do for yourself and I know if people are on a budget they can't necessarily afford the level of support that would be ideal and so these are some tips and tricks they can use to apply themselves to get a better finished product uh, without breaking bank. And then the program that I'm launching is, again, it's for people who want to write their business book and it's a 12-week program and it will walk you through step by step from your refining your initial idea. So like I might have the idea, as I said earlier, I'm a florist, I want to write a book. And that's as far as my thinking has gone. So it might help to kind of really niche down exactly what that idea is who the book is going to be for, what kind of book it is, and then, you know, targets of how much writing you're going to do each week, week by week, and getting through, and then how to revise it. And so you end up at the end of the 12 weeks, you've got something. It might not be quite the finished product, but you've, you know exactly what you're going to be doing with it. So it's either ready to go or it's almost ready to go and you have a really concrete plan so yeah how would um how would listeners and viewers uh find out more get in touch with you or get their hands on the uh free guide they need to go to my website which is currently being reconstructed so what they see now <laughs> which is uh where are we beginning of december um they won't get much information on that the way it currently is but at the end of december they should be able to go to my website and access all of that information and my website is mrswright.co.uk and you'll know you're in the right place because i have this amazing logo which is um the the nib of an old-fashioned fountain pen with a woman's head on the top of it so and it's purple so I call it the purple pen head logo. They can connect with me on LinkedIn. I have a company page on there again. This is right. It's got the same logo. Um, or they can just look for me, Karen Ince, business book coach. Um, I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook group um, specifically to help 
business people write their business book. And I have a Mrs. Wright Facebook page. They can follow that. Mrs. Wright 2 on Twitter. That's the number two. I don't know. I don't know what happened to Mrs. Wright 1. But anyway, I'm Mrs. Wright 2 on Twitter. So you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, website. I have a meetup group, um, which is, uh, again, for business book authors. Um, I have a little group on Meetup, and I also have a big group on Meetup, which is called Creative Writing for Everyone, which is for anybody who wants to write fiction. Come along and join that. Because I, although I'm specialised in working with business authors, um, being a fiction writer myself, I do like to support fiction writers as well. Sounds exciting. So everyone, uh, if you want to connect with Karen, um, go and visit her website and all the other sites that she mentioned now. And we'll put some information at the end uh, so that you can recap and contact us if you need any more information. And, we'll, and I'll pass that information on to Karen. Karen. So, Karen, in the next quickfire session, let's find a bit more about Karen Ince, book writing coach. So are you ready, Karen? Yes. OK, so first question for you is how do you start your day? On an ideal day, I start my day by getting up making myself a cup of herbal tea and sitting in, I have an armchair that has a back massage cushion on it and giving myself a shiatsu back massage while having a cup of herbal tea and thinking about my day. And on a really good day, I'm journaling. So, yeah. What's, when are you most productive? It does vary. But I would say generally early afternoon. I've done all my admin, got that out of the way. Um, probably had a couple of meetings in the morning. In the afternoon, early afternoon is often when I'm doing my own writing or creating my courses. And then towards the end of the day, I'm starting to get tired. I get less productive again. Um, so that would be a typical pattern. What's something new happening in your life right now? Apart from the courses and the programme that I'm launching, <laughs> what else is new? I'm hoping to move house next year. Nice. Anywhere in particular? Not sure yet. That could just be another adventure. Ah, on that note, what <laughs> does adventure? what does adventure look like to you? Well, Adventure used to really mean travelling for me, and I've been lucky enough to visit China and India, um, as well as lots of different parts of Europe. And I think these days, adventure is more, I suppose, more, is it psychological? I'm not sure that it is, but things like just, I want to reach more people with my work. So I'm going to create these courses and launch them. Uh, I feel like moving house and I have no idea where I'm going to move to. So it, it's more about stepping forward into the unknown, I guess. What thing then would you love to do that might surprise your friends and family? I'm not sure how surprising it would be, but one of the things I've always wanted to do is go to the Cappadocia region of Turkey and if you don't know it, look it up. 
it's amazing. All the houses, hotels, everything are all caves. It, it, it looks like a kind of alien landscape. And I want to take a sunrise air balloon flight across the whole region, which is a big touristy thing to do. Um, but I, I, I'm fine with being very touristy when I'm being a tourist. And it's something that I really need to do. Yeah. No, name a challenge you overcame that changed your life. And how has that changed you? So I had stage four cancer three years ago. So this time three years ago, I had stage four cancer. It had only just been diagnosed as having metastasized. Um, it was a really difficult time and it didn't help that the treatment went into April 2020, which was lockdown one, where I had to go to a London hospital for inpatient treatment. Um, didn't know whether it was going to go ahead. It did, thankfully. Didn't know how to get safely to and from the hospital because lockdown was new to all of us. The, nobody knew how to manage anything. It was a really bizarre and surreal time. I was shielded, so I was having no contact at all with anybody else. Thankfully, all my scans since then have been clear. So, you know, let's get the good news out there. Um, but it was a really difficult time. And I think facing something like that is very challenging. Facing something like that effectively in isolation made it a lot more challenging. And, you know, I think one of the things I used to practice gratitude anyway, but my gratitude practice has gone up a number of notches uh, since then. Um, just not taking things for granted. And financially, it was also difficult because I was too ill to work. Um, so it did challenge me financially at the time. So rebuilding that has been my focus for the last, I don't know, 12 months maybe. And then, so now I'm ready to, like I've rebuilt a foundation and now I'm ready to take that next leap forward from there. And I think it's given me, Initially, it really destroyed my confidence because it's like, but all that stuff was going on inside my body and I had no idea. Why didn't I know? <laughs> why, you know, why didn't I catch it earlier? All sorts of, you know, weird thinking. Um, but now it's given me a lot more confidence because I'm just like, well, hey, I'm still here. Why don't I, you know, take another risk why don't I have a go at that why you know I so I think I'm more open to different ideas and and being a little bit more experimental I guess that's such an inspiring story Karen and I'm sure you'll be a, an inspiration and your story has been an inspiration to everybody that's listening and to hear you now to hear how determined you are to you're 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 inspired and it shows that you can get through these things 
and come out the other side and I mean I was I was lucky that the cancer was caught when it was although it had spread to my liver it was one tiny um one tiny lesion it wasn't multiple lesions the one that was there was still really small um which meant that they could treat it non-surgically which is why it went the treatment went ahead at a time when surgeries were being cancelled um you know it, it wasn't a life sentence although for a while it, it did kind of feel like it might have been um and again, I think the isolation added to that to me is, you know, talking with my friends and family over Zoom or phone, you know, remotely. Um, it's not the same as being in a room with people. And I really, really felt that at that time. But yeah, it is, it is possible to have that and you know, to to continue to have a good life later. Um, so yeah, I would I would like people to know. First of all, it's really really important to take care of your health, and if you have any worries, go to your doctor. Even if it's difficult to get an appointment, persist and go and get that check. Because I was having some problems, and it didn't. Well, I suppose it did occur to me that it could be that, but it's not what I thought it was. You know what I thought they would probably find was I, I you know I thought there was something else and so I was like oh we'll just get this and then you know I can have some treatment and then it'll all be fine and then they were like no actually this is really serious great <laughs> advice Karen thank you so much for sharing that and I'm sure there'll be people listening that that will be an amazing inspiration to them and particularly through the lockdown when you know, people have felt isolated. They've been in experience where they haven't been able to put their arms around their relatives that may have been in hospital. And to see that you've gone through that on your own and got through it, and now you're inspiring others is just an amazing, amazing motivation, an amazing thing. And so, Karen, what now for you and what inspires and motivates you so i think i'm more aware than ever that what that, that what i want what we all want is connection you know i i love working with people i love connecting with people i love hearing people's stories um you you've guessed it i'm a bit of a story fan but i like hearing people's stories i like finding out about people um so my motivation is very much around people. Um, I have family, I have children, I have grandchildren. They are amazing. Um, you know, the, the boys, I have four grandsons. How amazing is that? They're incredible. Um, and yeah, so I just, I love hanging out with, with my family, with my friends. Um, I love creating things. So yeah, pe people, people and making things. <laughs> really, the things that I like in life. So what advice would you give your young self? To be more confident, 
definitely to be more confident, to value my own my own knowledge more. I think I was always a bit ready to kind of go if there was a disagreement. Not, I'm not talking heated disagreements. I'm just talking about somebody what goes, oh, it's X, and somebody else goes, no, it's Y. To always assume the other person's right, <laughs> when actually that's not necessarily been true. Um, so I think just to be more confident and value myself more, and not take quite so many decades to get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So in in summary, around what you do in your um, book writing coaching, what three tips would you give somebody who's kind of listening in thinking, yeah, I'd like to um, go, on, go on to this journey. Uh, I'd like to start. I'd like to really uh, write, write something or start writing. What, what would be your three takeaways or three tips for today that they can go away with and think about? Okay, so first of all, I suppose my first tip is start writing. It just, it doesn't matter whether anybody else ever sees it. It doesn't matter if it's good, whatever good <laughs> means to you. Um, what matters is that you make a start. If you're going to write, if your idea is that you want to write a book, it's not something you could do in an afternoon. With the best world in the world, it takes hours of work. Your first attempts are not going to be great. Even if you, even if what comes out at the end is going to be amazing, initially your first ideas, you, you need to work on it. It needs to be polished. It needs to be improved. If you're handwriting, it's fine. You just rewrite it. If you're working on a computer, you just delete and edit and cut and paste and all of the rest of it. It's not, a lot of people get disheartened very quickly because they write something and then they read it back and they go, that's really not very good. It's like, well, no, of course it's not. You know, if, if you've never done any woodwork and you pick up a lump of wood and a chisel and a hammer, your first attempt at carving something is gonna be rubbish. Right. <laughs> Just because we all use words on a daily basis doesn't mean we're very particularly good at putting them together initially. You're going to have some learning to do. So enjoy that. Enjoy the fact that you've made a start, because if you've made a start, you can improve it. If you've made a start, you can continue. All the time you just think about it, it's like you're not doing it. So make a start. That's my first tip. My second tip is, if it's a non-fiction book, download, download my planning guide because that will really give you lots of helpful pointers and ideas and it'll give you some structure and it will raise some questions that you probably haven't thought about yet. Um, and my third tip is don't share it too soon. So don't share it when it's really raw and when you're feeling quite sensitive about it. Edit it yourself first before you start sharing it with other people. Unless, of course, the person that you're sharing it with is a professional editor, developmental editor, 
um, you know, or a book coach or somebody who is very experienced in that field and knows how to give really encouraging feedback. But so often I hear these stories of people who say, well, I wrote it and I know it was a rough first draft, but I showed it to whoever, you know, my partner, my child, my parent, my colleague. And they told me it was awful and I should give up on the whole idea. Like, yeah, could you show it when it wasn't ready for sharing? So that would be my third tip. Don't, don't. It's not about don't share the idea. It's not about don't tell people you're doing it. If you want to share pe with people that this is something you've started doing, don't share the actual writing too soon because it's easy when you're in that beginning, feeling quite sensitive, not sure where you're going with it. It's very easy to be discouraged, and that's a shame. So don't, don't do that. But the message is get started, get writing, yeah. uh, see how it goes. Download Karen's book writing planner. So, Karen, where can uh, people download the planner from? I will give you a link to put in the comments, if that's okay, um, yeah. because it's currently not available on my website, <laughs> which is which is unfortunate. It was meant to be. Um, it will be, that link will eventually be available on my website, but at the moment, it is available on LinkedIn. So if you are on LinkedIn and you go to my company page, which is Mrs. Wright, um, there is a showcase page attached to my company page, which is the showcase page for that book. It's a really complicated way of explaining it when I can just... Well, thank you for that, Karen. And I'm sure we'll be able to put the link in and show where people can find it. Um, it's been amazing. You've been amazing. And it's been some amazing golden nuggets in there. Thank you so much for coming on. You've been listening to Diamonds and Gold Dust for the over 60s living in the moment.